Rick Madison, Rick and Friends. And uh, today we get to learn about wine. Uh, and I'm so excited about this because this is one of those wineries where I came to it late, admittedly, uh, referred to by my beautiful wife, Jen. And she said, we went on a wine tour and this is one of our favorite wineries. So, of course, we had to bring them into the uh, the Rick and Friends show. So today... Um, we're going to speak with Jane first, and uh, Jane is from Priest Creek Family Estate Winery. Welcome to the big show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So Jane, um, we'll start with you and, and, and kind of give me an idea of, and again, it's, it's you and your husband, Darren, who run the winery. Give me an idea of your role with Priest Creek. Um, so Darren and I pretty much share um, the responsibilities 50-50. I would say I'm more so the business side of things. Um, run the administration, um, manage the wine shop, coordinate the staff, um, that type of thing. Whereas Darren takes care of all the viticulture and all the winemaking. Okay. So, and and when you came into that, did your roles somewhat morph where you just decided, okay, I'm going to pick this up and, he, and he's going to do this. Like, was there, was there blue jobs? Was there pink jobs? Like, I don't know. Um, honestly, like, when we started the whole um, venture about five, six years ago, um, we were kind of all hands on deck. Um, we had to replant about nine acres of the vineyard to wine grapes. So the kids were on their knees planting grapes. Darren and I were out there. We were all like doing everything we needed to do to get the job done. Um, I have a background in design and drafting. So I designed the wine shop that we um, have today. And Darren executed it with the help of his friend, um, putting it all together for us. So um, just kind of using our natural talents to put the business together. It just sounds so easy. <laughs> it was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this was obviously a, a passion in the works for a long time, it sounds like. It, it, it sounds like it, it culminated, but you know, it probably started years ago before you were able to get the land and, and really figure this concept out? Um, in all honesty, it kind of happened um, by happenstance to some degree. We had no vision, honestly, of uh, building a winery when we purchased the property on Saucier Road. Um, we simply wanted to raise our kids on a farming type atmosphere, much like Darren and I were raised in Saskatchewan. And when we bought the property, it ha was primarily a table grape vineyard. So we had old vine Gewurz demeanor at the back, but um, had these premium um, estate table grapes, which we tried to sell through BC Tree Fruits. And after our very first harvest, um, we realized very quickly there was no money to be made in those table grapes and we had to make a, a change on the land. So that got Darren's mind going. He's a numbers guy and uh, he very quickly knew that we needed to plant wine grapes. So we pulled all the table grapes, replant, replanted the vineyard, and while we were doing that, we ended up meeting a very well-known winemaker in West Kelowna who kind of took us under his wing and convinced us that the way to go is to build a boutique family winery and showcase the fruits of our hard work, so to speak, grow our own grapes and make our own wine. So that kind of planted the seed, and that's where the, uh, the vision of the winery happened. Well, it, it sounds like a journey. And I mean, you handled the business end. So I've heard this often is that if you want to make a million dollars with a winery, bring it with you. Is that is that kind of true? <laughs> well, it's definitely not a, a cheap person's game. Um, Darren and I pretty much put everything we had into it, but we also did all of the hard work and all the labor as well. So unlike, you know, the big guys that... Uh, 
can build a winery with many people. We just worked really hard seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> now, has this brought uh, your family closer together? Or obviously, you know, whenever you have a family-owned business, there's different things. But is it, is it fundamentally brought brought you together as a family? I would say yes. Um, definitely, like having the kids be able to watch us grow and create a business from the ground up was very unique. They watched us, you know, write the business plan. They watched me sketch the drawings to create the wine shop. From that, our middle son, we found out, had a natural passion and and keenness to draw and ended up having to buy him a desk in his room, and he draws these beautiful homes now all the time. Um, you know, just being able to work with them and have them see something be developed from nothing, I guess is pretty unique. Okay. So, so Darren, you're the, you're the wine guy. You're the, you're the guy that kind of creates the, that makes the grapes happen. And would you be called the winemaker, I guess? Yeah, I guess it's starting to get to that point. <laughs> I'm, um, I don't think of myself as a winemaker yet because a lot of these people that have been making wine in the Valley, they've been working at this for 30 years and, I'm only a few years in and I'm learning, but um, we're winning some awards and we're really proud of those awards. And I guess one of these days I'm going to classify myself as a winemaker. <laughs> I love the modesty. Now with, with the awards, does that somehow, I guess that puts you on the map, so to speak, for wineries. Yes, I think it puts us on the map quite quite a bit. We're getting orders from, you know, across the country that people are reading these awards and wanting to try our wines. But um, I guess it's given me confidence mm -hmm. um, in my ability, what I'm doing. Um, it feels feels good. Would you, um, if you were to tell someone, okay, you want to buy a winery, you want to get into this business, and out of all the things you've done in your life, how hard is this? It's more work than we ever imagined. <laughs> um, I get, I hear that a lot, actually. Because yeah. there's a romanticized version of what wineries are. Like a lot of people, they move to the Okanagan. You're living the dream for a lot of people, which is we want to come to the Okanagan. We want to have our own vineyard. We want to have, we want to grow our grapes. We want to build this wine and put our family crest on it and then give our bounty to... And, and people have no idea, no idea how difficult that actually is to, to, to actually pull off. It, it is really, really difficult. Um, I guess one of the good things about our backgrounds in farming is when you're raised on a farm, you're, you're raised with that hard work and you can make really good wine. If you make, if you grow really good grapes, it starts with the grapes. If you aren't a good farmer, you're never going to make good quality wine. It's, or it's going to be a thousand times more hard. It, it seems like that. So you have a farming background that you actually helped probably thrust you into this role of, of being able to work with the crops. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. Like when you grow up on a farm and you see things grow and produce and you can make good quality, you know, if it's grain, if it's grow, raising cattle, if it's your heart's in it. Your, um, and uh, along with the grapes is one of the things we pride ourselves in is trying to grow the best grapes we can possibly grow and put that, you know, if you got to work 20 hours a day and make sure that they're perfect, um, that's what you have to do because it's 
so much easier once you get in the cellar just to ferment those grapes and they just turn into wonderful wine. But if it's um, marginal grapes, then you're working 16 hours a day all winter just to turn it into patable wine. <laughs> so Darren, tell me a, a typical morning day for you. So what time do you start? What time do you finish? If you finish, I don't know. <laughs> um, but but is there, a, can you kind of give us an idea of the schedule that you would keep? Usually Jane and I get up at six. We have a coffee together for um, sometimes a half hour, sometimes an hour, talk about the daily business. Um, it's kind of our alone time before the kids get up. And then, um, you know, walking through the vines, checking, checking grapes, checking what's going on out in the vineyard, making a plan for, for sprays and for, you know, um, every inch of that during the farming season. And then in making the wine, it's sometimes I'm up at four in the morning, just tasting wines and seeing how they develop from the, the night before. And, um, I'm the guy that rings my wife at four o'clock in the morning and says, get out to the cellar, try this wine. It just turned amazing. And, <laughs> and she usually hangs up on me and, <laughs> Well, it, it, it sounds like um, I should try that. I should just talk about the fact that if I'm trying wine at 6 a.m. in the morning, it's research, really. Yes, 100%. I'm really, I'm really trying to help. Um, so, again, maybe maybe take us through what is a priest and, and why, the, why the name priest, by the way? So when we first started this venture um, back how many years ago, I guess, it's um, – we were trying to come up with the coolest name in the world for a winery. We wanted to knock it out of the park and just find the coolest name. I would have thought Rick Madison, but yeah, whatever. Clo yeah. Close, it was yeah. coming close yeah. to that. Um, our mentor, Jason Park, said we just need to get things rolling. Like We had a name on our, our front gate that said Priest Creek uh, Ranch. And he's like, let's just start with that. And when you guys come up with a cool name, we'll, we'll change it up. And... Uh, a couple of years went by, we were coming up with names, sending them to our mentor, and he was turning every one of them down after a couple of years. He's like, you guys are Priest Creek. You, you guys haven't known it, but you've been Priest Creek from day one. <laughs> so Jane and I actually went down to the library and did a bunch of research about Priest Creek and Priest Creek Ranch. And the cool thing we found is spending hours down there with the librarian was um, the mission used to own all the land where we're at. So it was called Priest Creek Ranch, named after the, the the monks that farmed it before us or the priests that farmed it before us. And it was a big cattle ranch. They raised beef, they raised vegetables, and they actually supplied all the food for the Rock Creek Gold Rush back in the mid-1800s. Oh, wow. So that's the key point where we decided to keep the name, to pay tribute to the people that farmed it before us and uh, all the hard work that they put in years and years before. So people listening to this uh, Priest Creek Family Estate Winery, what what wines um, are you winning awards for? And, and let's talk a bit about how many offerings, because I know having just done a wine tour through Naramata, there's some that are doing 2,400 cases and there's some that are doing, you know, smaller batches than even that. So uh, let's talk first about the award-winning side of, of Priest Creek, and then we'll get into, you know, how many offerings you actually have. So sure. what, 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 
awards have we won so far? So we've won a couple of awards with our Gewurz demeanor. We won one one last year. We won a bronze medal in the All Canadian Wine Awards. Uh, that was the first wine we ever entered to an award. So we we're really excited about that last year. This year we entered two wines into that award. Um, and we won, I believe we won one, um, a double gold medal for our Gewurz demeanor this year um, out of that. And then I don't think we won anything else, but then we put um, two wines into a, a competition called Wine Align, and we won um, a silver and a bronze medal for um, our Pinot Noir and our Gewurz demeanor as well. Okay. And... And so those, uh, again, give you that, that leg up in the industry where you can actually show some, we, we, we're getting some medals, so, you know, people should try that. But I think I tried your rosé the other day, and it was fantastic. Yeah, we, we have a lot of uh, wines. Like, we, we've only been open, this is our third summer open. So we started out, our first year we started out with six wines Last year, we upped it a little more. And I think this year we have, including our reds and whites and rosés and everything, we have almost 20 wines. Wow. So it's uh, our portfolio is growing quite quite a bit. We're making some really good uh, Bordeaux-style blends and things like that. So how many, so again, are you grabbing the grapes from your own acres or are you able to procure some grapes as well? Yeah, we have some uh, leases in uh, down in Soyuz to get all, all of our red grapes. We got our Syrah, our Cab Franc, Merlot, uh, Cab Sav all down there. And then um, some whites in, in that area as well. But then most of our um, white varietals are from up here. We like the high acid that um, the Kelowna area brings for our whites and rosés. Now, our, do you have a wine club? We do. We do. Okay. And how does that, I mean, because I imagine, like how many cases would you would you create in a year? So this year we made about 3,600 cases um, and our wine club is growing quite a bit. We're up to very close to 750 members in our club. Um, more than half are local. So it's uh, the locals are really loving our wine. So is it mostly Rough Riders fans or is it uh, actually? <laughs> a lot of Rough Rider fans, yes. <laughs> okay, Jane. So how good a job is Darren doing? He's doing an awesome job. He uh, he never, never quits. I mean, if he's not in the field working, if he's not in the cellar making wine, his mind is always thinking business. So he's always on top of everything. So is there, um, and this is just fun because I love stirring the pot on this on these matters, but there's always in, in every teamwork scenario, there might be one who's, who, who's again, 24-7 and the other one that, that's a little bit more tactical and maybe not as all in. Who, who would be, who'd be the harder worker between the two of you? Two and of you? In all honesty, it's kind of fun, a funny business because I'd say, Different seasons bring out different um, workloads, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. So, you know, when he's worrying about the vineyard and the grapes and, uh, you know, go rolling into fall doing all of the cellar work and making the wine, um, I'm super busy keeping the wine shop going and keeping, you know, our staff engaged and supporting them. Um, so summer's 
equally busy for both of us, I would say. Come fall, I would definitely say he's a lot busier than I am. But then on the same token, because we support each other, I'm buying bottles, I'm creating labels, I'm making sure we have the corks ordered, the Stelvins. So in all honesty, like what we found with this business is there's never a downtime. Like you're busy 12 months a year and you'd think, oh, in the winter, it's going to slow down. Well, it really doesn't because you're finishing the wines, you're getting the labels ready, you're rolling into bottling in February. And then by March, you're focusing on wine club and going back into summer hours again. So do you ever around the dinner table, does, uh, does wine ever come up? Always. (laughs) Always. <laughs> we kind of eat, sleep, and breathe it right now. <laughs> um, and, and I would imagine you're immersing the, the children into, into the business as well. Like they're learning a lot as you go because yeah. through osmosis, I, I would imagine that they are becoming pretty good at this whole winery thing too. They really are. Um, you know, first of all, we're so proud of them. I mean, they just all have such an incredible work ethic from watching us and being part of this with us. Um, the boys are on the tractor. They help Darren in the vineyards. All our kids miss school. They're all part of Harvest. They um, love taking days off school to help Darren when he's in the cellar and he's barreling wine. Um, they're just really keen to be part of, you know, every kind of component. They get shifts on the weekends in the wine shop, so they get to see that aspect of the business as well. So I haven't, I haven't asked this question yet, but what part of Saskatchewan are you from? I was born and raised in Saskatoon, and uh, Darren was born and raised in a little hamlet um, south Saskatchewan called Big Beaver. Okay. Now, when did you come directly from Saskatchewan to the Okanagan? We did not, actually. Darren and I met in Alberta. So when I graduated from U of S, I moved to Calgary for my first job. And Darren and I eventually met in Alberta, started our family in Alberta. Um, We lived in Chestermere Lake, just outside of Calgary for a number of years. And then we've been in the Okanagan now. We're working on our 13th year. And and his... Has there been any surprises for you in in owning a winery that, you know, we've talked about the work, but has there been anything that... uh, really has been a delight that you had no idea existed until you actually immersed yourself in this in this business um i'm gonna say the friendships um the people that we've met that have come through the door that have become wine club members have also become great family friends now so like we've met some great neighbors um great family friends that are enjoying our wine but just by extension have now just become really good friends so it's it's funny how I stumbled upon your winery. It was, you know, literally through my wife who said Priest we Priest Creek we have to we have to go, but also you have a food truck on your premises. <laughs> I love the confidence that Curtis has about his his chicken sandwiches. Like I mean, well you can either go to Nashville and get the same recipe, or you can just save your flight times and just come here. <laughs> So how did that come into being that that because it seems like a really good symbiotic relationship where you, you know, mutually beneficial, but but you have a food truck on your premises. So how did that all come into being? Um, It's kind of a funny story. Last year, um, a lady approached us to park her food truck. Um, at the winery full time for the summer. And we thought that was just a fabulous idea. And she ended up meeting Curtis and Curtis became her chef for last summer's season. It was quite a small food truck. So he uh, 
his food's so good. He sold out so quickly that he just couldn't keep up with the demand. Um, and then we became really good friends with Curtis. He's an amazing chef. And uh, through the winter, Darren and him got chatting and sourced a larger truck and then uh, made a plan with Curtis to be our resident full-time food truck. So he's parked at Priest Creek seven days a week, um, taking orders around 12 to about 5.30. And then he sources his services out in the evenings for private parties, private functions, that type of thing across um, Kelowna and West Kelowna areas as well. And it seems to work really well where, you know, you, you order your food and then we got a, a rosé and we sat in that beautiful wine covered patio, which is fantastic. And it, and it seems like that just, you know, you really do reap the benefits off of each other. We really do. And I mean, when Darren and I were putting this together, we wanted Priest Creek to be a place where people could come and stay. We want them to enjoy what we've done. We want them to enjoy the med- the mountain vistas, the food, the wine. Um, we don't want anyone to feel like, oh, I had my tasting. I got to go to the next one. We wanted it to be a place where community can come together. So I'm going to ask this question of you, Jane, because you're on, the, again, the business side. Um, and I don't think a lot of people understand. I know for me, it's it's a moving target, but the the taxes on, on BC wines. I mean, um, and again, I've been in Alberta, so I know the taxes are there. But is it... It is truly one of those things that just is is a bit of a weight around the neck of, of most wineries. So is it as much or as little as we think it is as far as taxes go? Um, I think it's a lot, personally. Um, BC Wines get charged GST and PST. We also have a bottle deposit that we have to charge out. And then they just um, introduced an excise tax. So now wineries are going to be charged an excise tax whenever they bottle their wines, which is also going to get passed on to the consumer. Wow. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. The uh, And again, on this show, we're probably not huge fans of the provincial government. So we do often talk, you know, transparently about them. Um, but what I find interesting is the amount of new taxes they've introduced in their term has been exponential. And, and I don't know if a lot of people understand how much of a weight that carries for small businesses. Because again, you have to pass that along. And, and a lot of people will say, okay, well, it's, it's a bit of a luxury. It is, but we also have to, you employ people, you, you really do, um, you pay taxes on the property. Like there's, there's a lot of different things that your business does. So, um, I, for one, have, have probably been more of an advocate for small, medium-sized businesses that are, they're not a mission hill. So they're, they're literally just trying to get, get by. And, and sometimes do those increases, you know, you, you seem to hit a little bit of a, a barrier with consumer pushback. Do you find that? Um, a little bit, I would say, um, more so from the out of, out of province buyers. I think the folks that are here in BC, our local folks, our local supporters, they understand. I mean, we pay those taxes every day, but when someone comes up from Alberta or Saskatchewan and they get hit with the BC tax, then they're the ones that are pushing back a little bit more for sure. Okay. So, so Darren, how fun is it to be on a tractor? <laughs> Cause I've always wanted a tractor, like out of all the things I could buy and people say, well, when you, when you get a million dollars or whatever, what are you going to buy? I said, I'm going to buy a tractor. <laughs> like I would love to dig a hole and, and just, you know, feel that machine because it, it does so many, so many things. So I'm a big tractor fan. Do, do you have the same joy when you're on a tractor? 
it's very peaceful, but your mind gets working and then you got to call your wife and tell her about all these good ideas because you're sitting on the tractor for 10, 12 hours a day and you got a lot of time to think. So <laughs> you think about expansions, what we need to, you know, build in a bigger building, make more wine. Right. So it's, um, it's very peaceful. It's, it, but you do have a lot of time to think when you're sitting on the tractor by yourself. So those ideas are very key, though, to to growing and 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 really trying to develop a winery. Because I I mean, it would seem to me that the winery is all about growth. Like you're just trying to build capacity at all times as cheaply as possible. Yeah, and we don't want to be a big corporate winery. We want to find that sweet spot where we can um, have enough help to operate the business and make it keep it family operated still but just not if you get too big then you turn into a big corporation and it's it's a lot of difficulty in that direction so we don't want to get crazy big but there's a uh, we're guessing around that five or six thousand case mark if we can double to where we're at now would be a comfortable spot um, should bring in enough cash flow to pay all the bills and kind of go from there. Um, do the kids share the passion for taking over the winery? Because I mean, that's every parent's mindset is, you know, whimsically is we'd love it if our children carry on a legacy. So is that, is that been talked about around the table or is that just kind of a dream at this point? You know, you got to kind of let your kids become who they want to become. Um, one of our twins, Tanner, he, he loves the farming. You can put him on the tractor all day. Um, you can put him in the cellar, clean him barrels. He just loves the, the hard work, the farming aspect. Um, the other kids, are they like it as well, but they, they might not like the outdoor farming as much as Tanner does. Um, they all like being in the cellar and, and seeing how the wines develop and working in there. And um, our daughter is kind of, rolled into the rodeo side so she's uh got her horses and loving that uh all her friends are into rodeo as well so they're barrel racing and and all that kind of stuff right now so so it seems like everybody's got their own path at this point but it it seems like and this is just from from my perspective tanner might be the best at sitting on a tractor for 12 hours yes tanner is the best at sitting on a tractor <laughs> for 12 hours but um the winemaking you know Cody loves that in end of it too. And it, there's going to be so many jobs in this business um, as they get a little bit older that they can step into. And, you know, it's uh, one of the things when we started this, I wished we would have started with another couple. So the workload was evened out more so we could actually have more time um, with each other and with our family and stuff like that. It is a lot of work for two people. So um, if our kids do take over it, hopefully there's at least a couple of them that that uh, step up. There's enough work for them. <laughs> <laughs> there's enough work to go around yes, and sooner is. rather than later. Yes, for sure. So in, in especially in BC with, with such an emerging uh, wine industry, in, because I mean, in comparison to Napa and France, I mean, we're still not as large, not even close to some of the sizes of, of uh, Australia and Argentina, like, yes, I mean, comparatively. Sure. So do you find more of a community 
um, of, of people that are really helping and mentoring and really trying to help you grow your business or is it, is it still pretty competitive? No, that this industry is quite amazing. We didn't realize how, um, close of a family the wine industry was until we opened our doors. Um, pretty much the day we opened our doors, every winery in the community brought their staff, they brought gifts for us, uh, they tasted our wines, they welcomed us to the community. Um, pretty much every winery in South Kelowna sent dozens of cars to us every day. Every, every time they finished a tasting, they said, go up and see the guys at Priest Creek, they're brand new. Um, it was actually overwhelming how great of a community we live in. Wow. I had no idea it was that inclusive. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's it really is. Like every um person in this business, there's really no competition in wine because everybody makes a different wine and everybody has a different palate. So you might love my wine or you might love Tantalus's wine, Kitch's wine, you everybody has a different palate and you might love all of our wines. It's um, every winemaker makes it a little different. It's so unique. Every year is different because you're farming. You're not controlling what Mother Nature's throwing at you for the grapes. So it's a wonderful, wonderful community. So out of all the the wineries, and, and again, you've mentioned how inclusive it is, Darren, but is there a favorites that you enjoy? Like, because you talked about different palettes, but... I, of course you love your own wine, but is there other wineries that uh, that you enjoy as well? You know, we don't actually really drink our own wine. We drink everybody else's because we... we it sounds like a tough job. It is. <laughs> a few times a year um, or a few times a month, Jane and I will jump in the car and go to every other winery and try to support them in the community. Wow. And we'll go and buy um, a few bottles of wine and try to try all their wines and and support them and um, kind of just rubbing shoulders, making sure everybody knows who we are and we want to know who they are. And and uh, it's just really good. Um, a favorite wine, you know, you, you have to love Jason Parks. Jason's the mentor that started us on this whole program. Um, love what he's doing. His empire is turning into something really cool. Um, and you can go to his wineries and try different stages of, he's got different calibers of wine everywhere, but just probably my favorite guy in the Valley. Oh, that's fun. Now, would you, for anybody listening, the wine club, and this might be more of a Jane question, but for the wine club, um, are you belonging to different wine clubs as well? Or is this just, you pop in, buy a few bottles and, and go, or do you actually belong to the other wine clubs? No, we don't belong to any. We've we've always talked about we need to because we um, kind of have to stay in the loop, but we're just so busy that we haven't joined. But we do go to a lot of wineries and buy a lot of wine and just seeing what they're doing, tasting their wines. Um, yeah, all that good stuff. Delicious research, isn't it? It is. So let's let's talk a bit about uh, that morning coffee that you and Darren have. Is that really a connection point for you two? And it really helps stabilize, obviously, the relationship, but also the the day. And is that kind of a grounding point for you both? That actually is. That's exactly what it does for us. Um, 
it's time for us as a couple because we have three kids still at home um, to connect. But it's also a time where once we both get busy doing our business tasks, um, we can kind of preset the day. So if we need to talk about staffing, if we need to talk about weather, if we need to talk about events, um, farming, how the winemaking's going, it's it's like our hour to like collaborate. So I'm just I'm just going to paint a picture for those people listening. And by the way, thank you for listening. Um, you're walking through the vineyard, cup and ha- cup of coffee in hand, and you're you're viewing the grapes. You're sniffing the grapes. I don't even know what you're doing with the grapes, but anyway, you're walking along, and and that's and the sun is is rising, and 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 really, it's it's a beautiful moment because you know this is kind of what the dream is all about: is surveying the grapes and making sure everything's going going well, and you have the cup of coffee in hand. Like, is that kind of the scene? Um, that's a really glamorous scene. I wish it was that pretty. We actually sit at the kitchen table and look at each other. <laughs> so it's more of a, a paperwork, I guess, moment for us. And then uh, Darren does that beautiful visual walk on his own. Um, usually the coffee's not in his hand any longer because as we start getting into um, harvest season in the fall, he's tasting the grapes. He's seeing how the sugars are coming along. He's like doing more kind of hands-on things when he, when he hits the field. So does the does the coffee um, conflict with the grape tasting? Is oh, that it, what? it absolutely would, which is why he would do it afterwards. And there's no coffee in hand. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it! I was trying to paint this picture. And... <laughs> a rosier picture would be walking through the vineyard with a glass of wine in hand in the evenings and enjoying the sunset. <laughs> so explain to me the wine club um, and why, because because obviously there's some people that still have not you know, decided to join wine clubs across the Okanagan Valley. But why does it make sense for you, the winery from a business end to really promote the wine club? Like what, what does that do for you? And what does that do for the consumer? I guess. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, wine club for a winery is important because it brings in a cash injection when your highest expenses happen owning a winery. So we do two shipments. We do one in the fall, one in the spring and the fall um, costs are really high with the buying of grapes and making of the wine. And then in the spring, your costs are high again because now you're bottling your wine. So um, those are your two biggest expense periods for the winery. In terms of why join a wine club, um, you get perks. You get lots of great benefits. So ours offers one of the best discounts in the Valley. We give our wine club members 20% off all their purchases all the time once they join. Our wine club's free to join. Um, we just ask for a minimum commitment of two shipments of either six or 12 bottles. And they get first notification of new releases. So um, they get, you know, the wines before anybody else can try them. They also have some exclusive wine club wines that no one else can purchase. And for us, we did a really good discount being that 20% because we consider all of our wine club members to be our marketing team. I mean, they're part of our family when they join the club, they are sharing our wines at dinner parties. They're telling their friends and families about us. So we want to give them um, that bigger discount as a thank you. So wineries have become a little bit more of, of just a, a wine tasting venue. They've they've become like these little, little uh, I guess, hubs of entertainment. And so are you are you introducing live music or any of, of that aspect to your winery? We are actually. Um, we started... Our first year actually doing a little bit of live music. Um, We worked with Wentworth Music and had a lot of students come up and they all performed the very first year for charity. 
So our first summer season, we actually donated, with the kids' help, $10,000 to various charities that the kids um, chose. Um, from that extension, we expanded our live music last summer and this summer to every Saturday and every Sunday from 1 till 3. And we had a mix now of some more professional people and then some of these kids still wanting to come up and and do their performing for charity, which is really fun. As I mentioned earlier, we just really want our winery to be a place of community. We want people to come and stay and enjoy the music, enjoy the food. The Spot Food Truck um, does a great job there with us. And we also introduced this year Food Truck Fridays. So we stayed open until 8 o'clock and let folks that were done their busy day um, come up for supper and enjoy the sunset. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, so we've... Uh... I think we covered the soup to nuts with uh, Priest Creek Family Estate Winery. So I want to thank uh, to Jane and and to Darren. I think it's very cool from a, just a family perspective, a family coming together, building a winery way tougher than you expected. <laughs> and um, I, I do hope uh, people listening to this, you know, find out about the brand and and become a wine club member. And it sounds like, uh, yeah, you're, I love supporting people that clearly, uh, this is, you're, you're in, you're in the ditch, so to speak, every single day and, and working hard. And it's just great to see people building that dream and pushing that dream forward. So congrats and, uh, well done to Priest Creek. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks very much for having us.